<laughs> I should. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSports.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, sports fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 382. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, coming to you from sunny Merritt, British Columbia. That's it, Merritt. Wow, cool. Anyhow, uh, we've been trying to get Will online all day, and we just keep getting his answering machine. I think he's talking on the phone after he gives me the phone number to call him, so... If uh, Will's listening to the podcast at this point in time, hang up your bloody phone. Okay, anyhow, sorry, sorry, sorry. After another week of football, now was it an interesting week of football? It was. There were some really close games. And the league did something really stupid in Montreal. Uh, I don't know. We're probably going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that later on, okay? So I'm not going to say too much about anything here. So, The biggest point spread of the weekend was seven points, okay? Four in another game, one in another game, two in another game. This was a close week of footballs, well matched up. And uh, what can I say? Not all the right teams won the football games. In fact, you know why I know that the right teams did not win the football games? I didn't pick one single game correctly this week. Not one. I got losses straight across the board. I I don't want to play this anymore, okay? This is not fair to me. I don't know what to say. Losses straight across the board. Oh, who's who's texting me now? What's going on? Oh, got nothing to do with this. Okay, so uh, it, I thought it might have been Will getting all pissed off that I haven't called him yet. But no, that wouldn't be it. Should we call him now just to find out? I think we should. Let's go call Will. Do, 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 do. Okay. Ring a dingy. Are we going to ring? Come on. Do something here. Hey, this is Will. Leave me a message. I'll call you back when I can. Thanks. Bye. Hey, Will. Are you part of this podcast? Hey, this is Will. Can't come oh, on the phone no, right now. Leave me a message, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Well, even Thanks his voicemail doesn't work properly. After leaving a message, you can hang up or press pound for more options. Hey, Will, are you part of this podcast? I've been trying to phone you, and I just keep getting a double message. Like your phone is screwed up. I don't know. Ah, scary. Oh, he, what's he doing? No, I don't want Will to phone me. No, no, no. Stop phoning. Okay. I'm going to phone him again just because he needs to learn how to use his phone. Why is he? No, decline this. I don't want a voice message or audio video call from Will. Okay. Try this. Let's see. Oh, it's ringing. Will? Oh, hello. I'm here. You're live right now on the air. Okay. This Hello, is, this I'm your, live. This is your fault. This is your fault. What were you okay. doing, talking to somebody? No, I wasn't. I was sitting here. I keep phoning I really you. Was. I just go, 
hi, this is Will, leave me a message. And then four seconds later, it goes, hi, this is Will, leave me a message. After the tone, please leave me. So you got a double message on there. Did you know that? Your voice gets all fucked up. Yeah. Oh, well. But it was. Anyhow, you can listen to the podcast after, and it'll do exactly what it says. Okay. You can can hear it yourself, because we were live when we were doing that. Okay, I'm going to open up the mics to the other two. Uh, Mark, I guess, is still on vacation in Newfoundland. Newfoundland? Is it Newfoundland, or is it Newfoundland? It's really kind of Newfoundland. It is Newfoundland, isn't it? And it's just people shorten it. Or Newfie Paradise. Newfie Paradise? Paradise. Yeah. You know, you know what's really funny is uh, I breed uh, Labrador Retrievers, okay? Uh, mostly oh, yeah. chocolate labs, but we got a black lab now and we got a yellow lab, which we haven't – we've stepped out from the chocolate for a while. So, um, And there's two different styles of dogs. One's a field dog and one's a field trials dog, and they're the bird dog hunting thing. And there's a, another boxy square type of show dog, Okay. But really what they're called is what not what they're really called, but what a lot of people call them is one's an American trial dog and the other is an English show dog, which is really kind of funny because they come from Newfoundland. So how can okay. either of them be English or American? Makes no sense to me. They're just Newfies. Okay, let's face it. Maybe they were imported. Maybe they were imported. I don't know. Many years like, ago from England and from America. Give your head a shake. Seriously? I don't know. I don't You're not know. I don't know. You don't, don't believe that. It doesn't make sense. And you, if you've ever seen a lab or known a lab, you know right away they're a newfie because the they're just they're just not real smart dogs and they just like to lick your leg and you know that kind of stuff. They're just kind of like. I've heard they're friendly, so <laughs> they're real friendly. I'm not a dog like guy. A I'm not a dog guy. I'm not a dog no, guy. No, 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 no. Okay. Never have. Well, been. we we got two other guys on the show right now. Uh, <laughs> Charles, welcome in, buddy. Hello. Nothing quite says football like English show dogs. Exactly. You know, come on. Yeah. Give your head a shake. And actually, <laughs> my new black lab is an English show dog, and my new yellow lab is an American trials dog. So, yeah. And I, I, I could mix the breeds together, except they're both bitches, so that's going to be really hard. A little bit of girl-on-girl action there wouldn't be a good – it's not beneficial. Okay. Uh, oh my God! Did I say that live? Yes, I did. It is a guy. You don't give them a choice. You don't give them a choice when they're born. What gender they want to be? Uh, no, no, no. I am as about as politically correct as a rock. Okay, it it's it's not true. Okay, Phil, welcome to the show, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing real good. Uh, real excited to talk some football tonight. CFL showed why it's the greatest show on earth this weekend. It, yeah, um, it is. Right after that rain delay, they just said, fuck you, it's over. <laughs> there was that one negative. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the hell happened there. It's just wrong. Yeah, football, player, football players are the toughest guys on the face of the earth. And, man, oh, it's raining. Let's stop the game. Anyway. Yeah, come on, bunch of pussies. Okay, are we going to talk some football? or Because uh, I don't have anything to talk about. I, I actually very saw very little football this week. But, you know, it, it's summertime on a ranch. And, you know, my, my son-in-law, 
came up to me yesterday because we're, we're having different problems with some trucks and stuff like this. We got like seven or eight trucks here, and we're trying to keep as many on the road as we can. His needs a new set of tires. And he goes, you know, I'm just going to kind of run them like this for, for the rest of the summer. And I go, you can't do that. And he says, oh, no, we got to put the snow tires on in six weeks. And I went, no, no. And he goes, yeah, yeah, six weeks until September 30th. And I go, yeah, it's September 30th, but that's like two and a half months away. And he goes, no, 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 no. This is mid-August, not mid-July. I went, oh, shit, like winter's coming. Winter is coming. And when you live up in the mountains where I do, you have to have winter tires. You can't just have all-season radials because they're not that good. Anyhow. It so, comes uh, yeah. quicker there than everywhere else. <laughs> Yeah, November 1st, it snows here. It doesn't matter. You might get a little bit of snow before that. You might hear there and everywhere. But November 1st, it snows, and it stays until, like, April. So, yeah. I don't know why I moved up here. Oh, it doesn't rain. Okay. Must be. Ah, uh, yeah. doesn't rain. Charles, can you imagine what that would be like? Oh, I have... But it's it, hard it's, because it's pretty. It's pretty awesome. It was raining here like two hours ago, so it's hard my to imagine. Yeah, my condolences. Okay, so let's talk some football. First game up was a Thursday night game, as par usual. Uh, I hate Thursday games, but they seem to be a thing now in the CFL. We're going to have a Thursday game every week coming up because they play some. Canadian band and most of them nobody's heard of or nobody cares. I think they're Canadian bands. Are they Canadian bands? Most of them? I don't listen to them. Who's that? The bands at halftime oh, on half Thursday time, night. What do they, what the they call this yeah. thing? It's, it's something uh, special. The, the Thurs- it, you just call it the Thursday night concert series is what they call okay, it. Okay, yeah. Are and these Canadian bands? Typically, yeah. Yes. Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Typically, they are Canadian bands. Yep. Okay. Well, who cares? Uh, Calgary went into Winnipeg, and I don't know about this game. I really think Calgary outplayed Winnipeg. Personally, I think Calgary outplayed Winnipeg. And I'll go out on a limb here and say that if anything happens to uh, Andrew Harris, the Bombers will be fighting BC for last place in the Western Division because their entire team sucks with the exception of Andrew Harris. There is no redeeming features on this team, period, at all. He gets 100 yards rushing and 44 yards receiving. On, on what, offense of 300 yards, he gets half. Now, like, come on, seriously? You cannot rely on one person that much. Because something, because shit's going to happen. It's going to get real. And then what are you going to do? Oh, my God. Matt Nichols has hit this guy 177 yards. Oh, he didn't throw an interception. But he didn't throw a touchdown either. In fact, he didn't throw the ball 22 times. Seriously. Seriously. Get a quarterback, Bombers. Jesus. This guy, this is a granny in a wheelchair. Ah, jeez, I don't know. Charles, talk to me about this game. Was it as boring as what I said it was? No, it wasn't boring. It was an exciting game. Nick Arbuckle actually looked really good. What the hell is, what's Calgary going to do with Bo Levi Mitchell? 
Well, Bo Levi Mitchell makes uh, $650,000, so when he comes back and he's healthy, he's playing. Uh, it's just seven twenty-five, actually. Um, okay, so he's literally just under Riley, then. He's just under By Riley. $25,000. Yeah, that's correct. So why are they able to win games and have a good record, and yet they've got almost the same cap hit, but for some reason people like to blame Riley's salary on the Lions' bowls. But I Because Calgary um, had an awesome team last year, and BC didn't. True. So BC had to rebuild an entire team where Calgary just had to replace the pieces they lost. Fair enough. And their uh, coaching staff. No, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But this wasn't a boring game by any stretch of the imagination, but the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and their fans are sure glad that they had Janarian Grant in the lineup uh, on Thursday night because he provided their only two touchdowns of the night, both on punt returns. So that was mainly the um, the difference uh, when it comes to uh, offense. That and four field goals what by offense? Justin Medlock. Their offense was piss poor. I mean, the Andrew Harris was the really the one um, bright shining star on their offense, as he had a hundred yards rushing to go with forty-four yards receiving. But uh, Matt Nichols, uh, I know how badly the Bomber fans want him to be uh, a top-level quarterback. He's just not. And people point out, well, he only missed on four passes. Okay. He only threw 22 to start with, and he had 18 completions for 177 yards. If you do the math on that, that's less than 10 yards per completion. That's not a good um, average. And even the Bomber fans were, were calling him out that I saw online saying, well, he's throwing a lot, of, he's completing a lot, a high percentage of his passes, but a lot of them are, are three yard passes. How's that helping you? So not a single offensive touchdown for the Bombers in this game. So that's problematic, considering the team they played had three. Uh, you're right. Uh, Sam Peters, in large part, outplayed the Bombers in this one. And we're probably a little bit unlucky to win this game. And again, it goes down to punt returns that were the difference with uh, Janarian Grant uh, taking two punt returns. It's, God, there's been a lot of kick return touchdowns this year. It's I mean, awesome. Second, Love them. Uh, it's great. I mean, yeah, it's a really exciting. Uh, but, uh, yeah, two touchdowns, two punt return touchdowns for Janarian Grant, and that was really the difference. That 14 points, you take those away, this is an easy Calgary win. Not just a Calgary win. They win uh, significantly. Uh, because the the really the Bombers' offense wasn't moving the ball in this one. If you look down and you look at the um, where is it here? I'm trying to find uh, first downs. Uh, I can't find it right now. How many first downs? But I think that Stampeders significantly had more first downs than the um, Bombers. Although, you want to hear something funny, at... Charles? Okay. Yeah. 177 yards passing. 93 yeah. yards, 93 yak yards. 93. Okay, so then it's less than 100 yards in the air then. N- Nickel Way threw for 84 yards. 
84. On 18 passes. And people, that's and four, people that's trying four to yards. look if he's a blue chip. Yeah. Four yards, uh, four but, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it was quite the battle in this one. In fact, for the most part, it was a defensive battle. And it was the advantage that the Bombers had in the special teams that really turned the tide on this one. Because without that, I think Calgary, for the most part, was a better team. But, hey, the better team doesn't always win, and uh, the two uh, punt returns were the difference. And uh, Winnipeg got the two points. They get first place uh, to themselves for now. But if their offense does not start um, moving the ball, they're not going to stay in first place. I they're not going to get two punt return touchdowns every game. So they got away with it on Thursday, but uh, don't press your luck. They got to start figuring out ways to move the ball on that team. Okay. I, I, I'm having fun with these stats. It's just too much fun. Okay. So he throws for 177 yards. 93 of them are yak yards. So he got 84 yards in the air. Okay. His longest was 29. Okay. So let's take the 29 yards off of it. It's 64. So 64 yards divided by 17, because we'll remove one stat, is 3.75 yards in the air per, on average, 3.75 per pass. Why Why is he on a team? You know, I made that question. I made that question today about the the, the riders because the riders have a win, Grey Cup win percentage of point two one one. Okay, nineteen trips to the Grey Cup, four victories gives them point two one one. Any player that had a, a an average of that would be released. Okay, so not only yeah, and 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 now Matt Nichols has a worse record. And he's still the starter in Winnipeg. I don't know. Deep side. Phil, speaking of riders, how you doing, buddy? Talk about this game. I'm all right. Well, I'm going to echo a lot of what you guys are just talking about there. Uh, I'm afraid that the Bombers quarterbacking situation might be the most dire in the league right now. And Ooh. it's either that or, or maybe the way the, uh, the offense is being handled by Paul Apolis. I'm not sure. But uh, they are not exciting to watch if, unless the ball is in Harris's hands. There's nothing there. Um, I'm not sure what the problem is. But uh, it's, not, it's not adding to excitement in Bomberland right now. If they didn't have that solid defense going for them, I think they would... Uh, They'd be in a lot more trouble. And, and, of course, the special teams are looking all right. But, uh, really, I was hoping for uh, Nick Arbuckle to throw for 400 yards and win this game by himself. Yeah. I, wanted to, I was looking for a real good quarterback controversy in Calgary. And I'm yeah. just not going to get it, but I'll lose it. Hey, no. Did you guys so- know that the original fatty Arbuckle was charged with drugging, raping, and killing an escort in the 1930s? Who's that? Fatty Arbuckle. Yeah, who's he, that? He was acquitted. He was acquitted, however. Who, who is it? 
Who was he though? Oh, that's what, Nick- what was was he like a, was he an actor or a politician? Who was Fatty Arbuckle? I don't know. I should Google it. I know but the it- name, but I don't know exactly who he was or why is he famous. I believe it was in Hollywood, so like possibly an actor. I think so too. Ro- Roscoe Arbuckle, also known as Fatty, was an American silent film actor, com- comedian, director, screenwriter. So uh, here we go. Yeah, he worked with like Harold Lloyd and uh, mentored Charlie Chaplin and Buster Keaton, Bob Hope. Okay. So there. And um, I'm not going to go into anything. Uh, there's a big scandal thing in here. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, we're not even going to get a scandal in Calgary by sounds of it. Sounds like Nick Garbuck will be back on the bench next week. That's well, maybe no too bad. About that. Too it bad. Is. So who's going to be number two in the league now? If Bombers are number one. And Bo Levi Mitchell's coming back to play football. Calgary can't stay that high up. Who's going to be, who's the, is it the Eskimos that are going to step up now or the Riders? Sure, looking uh, like the Riders. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Calgary and Winnipeg. Will, unmute your mic. Come on board. Talk to us about this football game. Well,. Edmonton should step up because Winnipeg plays Saskatchewan two times in a row, okay, and then they play they play BC this weekend, so um, Winnipeg could be in tough. Anyways, I want to talk about a couple of things first. Um, let's talk about uh, let's talk about uh, Calgary's running back Romar Morgan. I I feel so bad for this kid. Um, last year in the Western Final, he tore his Achilles tendon. And apparently he's a quick healer, and he was back playing against Winnipeg this week. It was his second game back, so he recovered from a torn Achilles tendon in like seven months, which everybody is saying is insane. But he did it. He says he's always been a quick healer. And then in the third quarter on Thursday night, he tore his other Achilles tendon. Are you kidding me? No, you have to feel so bad for that guy, it's not funny. Because he was really hyped, and and I think he would have... He was a kick returner for Calgary last year, and he was a running back, second guy running back, and I thought he was going to have... You know, he's just... Every interview you saw with him, super positive guy, just loves to play football, and he tore his other Achilles tendon the other night. And you got to feel terrible for a guy like that. Oh, that's awful. That's awful. Yes, it is. It is. It is really awful. Anyways, let's talk about, since you were talking about bands at the Calgary game. (laughs) Okay. Do you guys understand how intense I am when Winnipeg plays Calgary? Okay. Yeah, I could imagine. Like, nobody would come near me. I'm in the basement, and I'm not happy about the first half, and I'm annoyed, so I go outside to smoke 27 cigarettes at halftime. Yeah, Patty all of a sudden, bingo. My, all of a sudden, my phone beeps, and I look down, and it's Neil Kroll sending me a message on Messenger, and his only comment was, are you watching this band at halftime? I have such hair envy, it's not funny. And I always peed in my pants. I was laughing so hard. 
So I had to go downstairs and look and see how much hair they had. And they had tons of hair, man. They did. And they were. Phil, uh, if you, uh, Phil, if you don't know Neil Crawl, he's got no hair whatsoever. Okay. None. So anywhere. He, he he had he had uh, he had real big hair envy. Um, you know what? You, can, you guys can beat up uh, Matt Nichols all you want. You can beat up Paul the Police all you want. You can beat up everybody all you want. Bottom line, they won the football game. It's all that matters. Yep. It all it's all that matters. Okay. I hate to say it. I thought Arbuckle I thought Arbuckle played great. Okay. I thought for uh for a guy who's never started games uh in a season for what he's done so far, it's it's pretty impressive in my mind. Winnipeg or Calgary definitely has a one two quarterback punch and that could be big for them down the road. So but bottom line, they lost, and they, they gave up uh, two uh, special teams touchdowns. And I think I saw a stat somewhere when they played Hamilton because they gave up two special team touchdowns against Hamilton, too. I think uh, it's 268 games to four when when the other team scores, scores uh, two uh, special teams touchdowns. That's what the odds are that you don't win the game. So... When they ran those two touchdowns back, I said, "No, nah, Calgary's not going to win." The thing I don't like, the thing I don't like about Nick Arbuckle, and I've seen it twice, is when the game is on the line. You know, you know, Bo Levi is. I'm pretty confident when the game is on the line with no time left, and they're not down by that many points. I'm pretty confident that uh, Bo Levi is going to pull it out. Nick Arbuckle has had two chances now against Hamilton and against uh, Winnipeg, and he hasn't done it. So I'm just saying. Okay, um, Calgary's defense did play. Calgary's defense did play well, but I don't understand why they weren't concentrating on uh, on uh, Andrew Harris more. Harris. I think I, I think they gave him too much. I think they gave him too much uh, cushion. Because he still had 100 yards rushing, they gave him too much yep. cushion in my mind. Agreed. So, and if they had a stopped Andrew Harris, they would have won that game. Period. They would have won that game. But on the other hand, their defense didn't let in a touchdown, so you can't fault the defense that much. So, I mean, Calgary is always a team that believes that all three units have to. Uh, have to contribute, and the special teams unit just didn't get it done. So, um, not much more I can say about that game. So now, Winnipeg's in first place, and Calgary's wherever Calgary is, and they got to play Montreal. Yeah, they got to play Montreal this week, and then they got to play Edmonton back to back. So they're in tough. So let's oh. see what happens. I still say. I still say this Western division is going to be so tight at the end of the year, with the exception of one team, which I won't mention. Fuck it's, off. It's, it's, going to be a, it's going to be a dogfight down to the end, I'm telling you. It well, really it is. It is right now. There's only one and, team and separating a crossover to first place. One game. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, we, I mean. We said before the season started that was going to be the case. Yeah, we say that every year, but I mean, and and We're the right, biggest thing the is, 
the biggest thing is is if uh, I think it's, it could even come down to injuries. What guys get hurt between now and then? If Andrew Harris, like you said, if Andrew Harris gets hurt, Winnipeg's fucked. Yeah. Oh, they don't have a hold in hell. Not at that point. Absolutely. Absolutely, and I don't think I'd ever say that, but yeah, absolutely, I agree. So, you know, maybe uh, maybe Calgary trades uh, Nick Arbuckle to Winnipeg for their whole defensive line. I'd go for that trade. Mm, I don't know. I, I, I think more, more apt that Bo Levi Mitchell gets traded, but that's the subject. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that'll happen either. I don't think that'll happen either. I'm not going to say it's not going to happen in the future, but it's not going to happen this time. Not during the season. I guarantee it. So, anyways, that's my take on that game. Go ahead. Well, that's the end. Everybody talked about this game, and uh, hang on, what happened in this game? Okay, so I, I just want to put this out there right now. Uh, Will and CJ, that's me, we didn't pick a single game correctly this week. Okay? I just want to throw that I know out there that. right now. So don't get excited that. about trying to get a little gold star because you, me, and the go- doorpost are got nothing this week. You know, uh, I know what it felt like this weekend to be a BC Lion fan. Yeah. Losers. Okay, so uh, <laughs> this this game is hilarious. This this stat is hilarious. Okay, so Will, excuse me, you pick Calgary to win. Mark, Mark Wetnall, Winnipeg Blue Bomber fan, picked Calgary to win. You lost. Phil and Charles both picked Winnipeg to win. Charles. You were amazing, absolutely amazing. You picked a score of 27-24, and you're out by one point. Absolutely amazing. And you lost. lost. And you lost. (laughs) Phil picked the score, 26-24. I don't think anybody, anybody in the three years we've been doing this actually picked the score of a game. Do you guys remember? I, I don't think it's ever happened. I can't re- if it has. Yeah, I, I don't can't remember. remember. No. Well, Phil, congratulations on that. You did something that I don't believe has ever happened before. That's so good for two good. two gold stars, isn't it? Yeah, fuck yeah. We'll give you a platinum star. Yeah, for that. yeah, but yeah, but you haven't Still been on the podcast, one. so that's minus six for any wins you've gotten. So. <laughs> good with that okay so the next game this this one I don't think should count personally okay Saskatchewan goes into Montreal they have a little bit of a rainstorm and the league calls the game what happened in Winnipeg when the, we had three hour rain delays then they come back and play half a game Oh, we didn't get midway through the third quarter. That's the kicker here. This game was more than halfway through the third quarter, and they had a one-hour rain delay, and they 
called the game. We're going to talk about it later. So, Charles, you're up first. Talk about Saskatchewan, Montreal game. They got called in the third quarter with Saskatchewan barely in the lead. This was actually a very entertaining game up until the point where it was um, no more games. Um, yeah, called. I honestly thought that the Alouettes were starting to show signs of life uh, when the game was called. Um, I, they, they were in tough though in this game without Vernon Adams, without William Standback. But I got to give credit. I thought Jeremiah Johnson. Had some nice plays in this game, um, both um, uh, out of the backfield and catching the ball. Uh, still somewhat impressed with the play of Cody Fajardo, although the the Riders did not have an offensive touchdown in this game. That's starting to become a trend now, some of these teams. No offensive touchdowns. Um, not a good trend. No, not a good trend. No, but the uh, the defense made up with it. With um, did the defense have two touchdowns in this game? I think they did for some reason. They had a fumble return. I think two fumble returns or a fumble and interception return because they only had the one. Yeah, it must have been two defensive touchdowns. So yeah, so it was a it was a tough game. This was a tough defensively played game. Um, I thought. Montreal held their own very well in this game uh, because I worried that they could be kind of blown out in this game, missing Vernon Adams and missing Standback. But they held uh, pretty firm. Uh, Pipkin, no, Pipkin gets injured, and then Matt Schlitz comes in. And the, the, I thought they both, both Pipkin before he got out, and then Schlitz when he came in, I thought both of them acquitted himself quite nicely. Um, it was a tough game. It was a one-score game about halfway through the third quarter, and then the lightning started up, the rain came, and they basically said, ah, forget it, uh, let's call this game and go home. Having only played two and a half quarters. And this has been all over. They're still arguing about it on social media three days later, and I can understand why, because to have a game, especially a game that was that close, get called after an hour-long rain delay, um, pretty. I'm not going to go too much into it, because that's a segment coming up here, so I'll just try and stick mainly to the actual football game, the football that was played. Uh, I still love Cody Fajardo is still impressing me. I I honestly did not expect much from Cody Fajardo. I thought when uh, Caleros went down early in the season and they went to Fajardo, I honestly thought their season was over because I I had seen Fajardo as a backup in Toronto. I had seen Fajardo as a backup in BC. He had shown me absolutely no indication that he was ready to carry the load uh, as a CFL starter. But... He's making a believer out of me, so I'm very much impressed with that. And this game was a uh, big defensive game for the Saskatchewan defense. They really controlled this game. Uh, of course, they put up the only points that uh, Saskatchewan scored, so there's that too. So um, 
Uh, a weird game, a tough played game, but I, I hated the ending, like most people. But it is what it is. The rule is the rule, and Saskatchewan gets the win. So it is what it is. It doesn't make me happy. Okay, Phil, your favorite team. Talk about them. And no more than two player names, great. remember? Yeah, I, I got my, my two player limit. Uh, it, that was that was a great football game up until uh, they canceled it. Uh, it's my kind of football. Tough defense, yet offenses that were ready to explode, but they were just controlled by great defenses. Uh, two scoop and scores by rider defensive ends. Um, I would say the Chris Jones defense is still present in Pile of Bone City. Um, and so is his offense. Kyron Moore on the offensive side, Kyron Moore is bloody exciting to, to watch. Uh, and some of his yak yards were were just real, real pretty. Uh, you know, they, he didn't get big yak yards, but but uh, the efforts he made to eke out first downs and uh, man, it was fancy. Like, like he's a danger every time he touches the ball. It's, uh, we're we're going to see him turn one of these short receptions into a into a big play here again pretty soon. Cody Fajardo continues to show that he's the premier starting quarterback in the CFL. Um, I know you guys might want to debate that, but I sure like premier. I, I, I like the I like his footwork. Uh, I like the way he sees the game. I like the way he takes off, knows when to take off, doesn't wait too long. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm liking him. He did give up the one one sack that was just too many yards, but. Uh, they were on him pretty fast. They were, it was uh, it was an all-out blitz, and uh, he ju- he just didn't get a red. Um, on the other side, Montreal continues to impress me. Uh, even like that match slips they brought in late in the game, but that team they're just solid everywhere. They really are. Uh, I I right now I feel like they're the second best team in the East, and uh, they'll be in the playoffs. I really do. I really think so. Uh, and like I said, it's too bad we couldn't have seen more of that game. I, w- I was really enjoying it. That's all I got. Okay. I, I, I want, I've got a question for you. Do you know the definition of premier? I believe I do. Do you? And, and, and you yeah. believe you used it in the proper tense in, with Cody Fajardo? Absolutely. Okay. He is not the premier quarterback in this league. He is not a premier quarterback in the league. He is the premier quarterback in Saskatchewan. That's it. He's not the number one quarterback in the league in the CFL at this moment. You don't think he is, I'm, do you? I'm, I'm just I'm just rocking my brain right now. I, I really would just put him in with the rest of the premier starting quarterbacks. But I'm just, now that you say it. Or put it that way, I'm kind of racking my brain, trying to think who's putting up a better season right now, and I'm coming up with nothing. So maybe he is the premier. You're right. He could be the premier. Or I'm right. 
I, I have no response to that. Will, please come in and say something. You know, <laughs> over, over, over this season and, and part, well, since Phil's been here, I've come to admire Phil's knowledge as a football fan. And I can't believe, maybe it's because he doesn't live in Saskatchewan and he lives in Calgary, so he's got smarts that way. But the premier football quarterback in the CFL, excuse the expression, are you fucking kidding me? Shake your head. Uh, I mean, are you kidding me? It's been, what, four games? He couldn't make three other teams in the CFL? Where is he at right now? I have to look this up because this is just, like, really fucking annoying. I'm sorry. Phil, I didn't think you were a real Saskatchewan. I didn't think you were a real Saskatchewan fan until that shit came out of your mouth, okay? And and, and I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna put you in there with all the other ones, but I don't know if I have a choice now because he's he's pretty number much three the, in the league. He's number three. Okay. Well, you know what? Talk to me ahead of Matt Nichols now. Talk to me. My mother's ahead of Mac Nichols, and she's been dead for fifteen years. Okay. Uh, like like, come on, really? Like if you if you want to talk about the premier quarter right now, we have to be talking about Trevor Harris. I uh, guess we do because he's up there. I would assume. Well, okay. Cody Fajardo he... has eighteen hundred yards. Trevor Harris has twenty six hundred. Uh huh. Um, what does Mike Riley have? Uh, Mike Riley has uh, almost two thousand. So he's ahead of Cody Fajardo on a yes, one and eight football team. Yes. Okay. Um, but he's also ahead of Matt Nichols, wow. Arbuckle, Bethel Thompson, Tom Davis. Where did Mazzoli. where did where did Mazzoli where did Mazzoli end up? Mazzoli's up six games and he's in eighth place. But okay. let, let, let's oh. put it this way: between eighth and fifth, there's only. Um, 26 yards difference. There's a little traffic jam there. My question is, if he's a uh, if he's a premier quarterback in in the CFL, why does no, the no, Riders no. not Phil have said the premier. That no, premier. premier. He said I said a premier, but then I changed my mind. Yeah. Uh, how come how come uh, Saskatchewan didn't have any offensive touchdowns this week? Yeah. Because of the rain, Charles. The rain. Yeah, and we only had two the quarters. But the rain affected Montreal the same way. And they had an offensive touchdown. No, I think theirs was a return touchdown. Yeah, theirs was a return touchdown. Yes, it was. There was no there was no offensive touchdowns Shakira, in this game. Shakira, no, offensive no offensive touchdowns in this game. I didn't get to see it, game. so I was just making shit there, up. So God there was damn. not a lot total this weekend. A lot of the and I, and I'm, returns in defense. I'm glad you said what you said, Phil, because I, I was busy that night and I didn't get a chance to watch the game, so it gave me something to talk about. Um Saskatchewan had two Saskatchewan had two touchdowns from defensive ends, is that correct? That, that's yes. right. Yep. 
Well, maybe maybe Matt Nichols would fit in better with the Saskatchewan right now. But but I mean Saskatchewan's offense has never been that great anyways. I mean they still have the offense from last year that couldn't score a touchdown. Their defense scored more touchdowns than they did, didn't they? I think they yeah. did. Um, it's an anyways. argument, but yes. Anyways, move on, please. Oh, it's, whose turn is it, Charles? It, no, I've gone you already. Did, you did, it's Phil Will's did. Yours. It's Will's turn. Are you done with it, Will? Can we move on? I'm so I'm done, not, it's not funny. I'm not talking about this game. Okay, so uh, after uh, two and a quarter, two and a half quarters, we have the Saskatchewan Rough Riders 17, the Montreal Alouettes 10. Uh, Will, Mark, and CJ picked this game incorrectly. Wow, Mark picked two in a row incorrectly. We picked the wrong team. We uh, it was up between Charles and Phil. Charles, you 22-point spread, and that gave you the gold star. Hooray. Uh, you picked 32-17. You got the 17 right, but it was the wrong team. Anyhow, it doesn't matter. Phil, you were out by four, uh, damn near 40 points. So, you, you, sorry, that kind of makes up for your zero closeness that last game. It was going to be a uh, big fourth quarter. It was going to be a big sure. fourth quarter. It could have been a big third. No, we didn't get that far. Uh, the third game, which uh, that was a Friday night game, wasn't it? That the last one was. Now. Oh, my God, I've lost everything here. Okay, so we had two Friday night games. The second one was Ottawa and Edmonton. This was a lot closer, and I'd like to say it was a defensive struggle, but it was more of an offensive collapse. Uh, I don't know. Anyhow, uh, Charles, Edmonton, Ottawa, in Edmonton. I hate to say this about any game, but I'm sorry. This game was boring. Um, it was a bunch of offense between the 20-yard lines. Um, there wasn't a lot. To, I mean, the biggest uh, highlight in this game, I think, would, would have probably been C.J. Gable, who had a huge game for Edmonton. He had uh, 116 yards and two touchdowns. Both Trevor Harris and uh, Dominic Davis, Put up decent yardage through the air, uh, 289 for Dominic Davis and 327 for Trevor Harris. But like I said, the majority of those were the 20s. Dominic Davis did have the one long one to Dominic Dominique Rhymes, the 67-yard touchdown. So that provided some uh, interest in in that one. But um, really, it was uh, at the half. It was 12-10. Uh, and then in the second half, there was nothing but two field goals by Edmonton. So, again, uh, low-scoring, defense-dominated game. And the Eskimos' defense was just a little bit better than the Red Blacks' defense because uh, the Eskimos' defense shut out Ottawa in the second half while the Red Blacks uh, were able to get Edmonton into two field goals, and that was really the difference in the game. Um, but it wasn't a thrilling game by any stretch of the imagination. A lot of defensive play. Um, again, Dominic Rhymes, 110 yards receiving, but
but 67 of that came on one play. So, I mean, it wasn't a great, exciting game. It was a defensive battle, kind of a sloppily played game. But, hey, Edmonton keeps pace with um, Winnipeg in the West and Saskatchewan in the West uh, getting the W. So good on them. And uh, the Red Blacks are slightly better now with uh, Davis back without Jonathan Jennings, but they they still put a, a mark in the L column. Yeah, and they didn't do very well, so I don't know how not much particularly. Ottawa, I don't know how much better Ottawa is with Dom Davis. <laughs> you don't like well, I really? Do think they're slightly better, but twelve points. Yep, that's embarrassing. Okay, this was week nine, right? Week nine play. Mm-hmm. They scored, yep. Ottawa scored 12 points. In week eight, they scored 30 points and won. In week seven, they scored 16 points and lost by a point. Week six, 31 to one. Who, was that a Jennings game? That was a Jennings game, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. The rest were doms, and they weren't very good. Okay. Uh, This is a weird year. I want want my football year to straighten out and get back to normal and BC win some football games. Phil, Ottawa, Edmonton. Low-scoring game. Almost as low-scoring as the Saskatchewan-Montreal game. Almost. Not quite. I gotta admit that I I stared at TSN three for an hour after the uh, delay in the uh, Ryder Montreal game, and then I came out to my garage and I forgot to watch the Ottawa Edmonton game, and uh, I haven't seen it yet. I PVR'd it, but I haven't seen it. So I'm, I, I'm not going to talk a whole lot about what I haven't seen, other than You're it looks like much. Statistically, Harris puts up 300 and some yards. Can't put the ball in the end zone. Uh, the league's leading passer can't really be. Can't really. I don't think he can come away from that football game thinking he won it. Clearly, the Edmonton defense had another stellar night. Um, and uh, I'm glad to hear I didn't miss much, and maybe I won't even take the time to to watch it. I just had a comment though about uh, about Edmonton. Uh, somehow the night of the game, I did make a note that uh, that there was some talk about who was the cancer in the Edmonton locker room from last year. Did anybody ever hear? Was it Daryl Walker or was it Duke Williams? Who was it? Or was I, it, I it, heard was, Duke it, Williams. it was Mike Riley. Come on, let's be. Sp- Let's be honest. <laughs> that's what I was getting to. <laughs> okay, that's all I got to say. Ha, 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 ha. You're so funny. No, it wasn't Mike Riley. Okay. So, William, Ottawa, Edmonton. You know, I rather enjoyed this uh, game because uh, – 
I believe that Dominic Davis is the the premier quarterback in the CFL this year. <laughs> He's doing a great job, okay, and and doesn't matter if if he wins the game, but I think he's the best there is and the best I've ever seen and the best I'm ever going to see, okay? And uh, it was an exciting game in my mind, okay? Actually, it was a really dull game. I watched watched most of that game, and I hate to say this, but I fell asleep, I think, halfway through the third quarter because it was a sleeper. Okay, it really was. You know, Andrew Harris pulled his normal, or sorry, Trevor Harris pulled his normal Trevor Harris. What looked great in between the 20-yard lines through all kinds of passes at over 300 yards passing, I do believe. Um, but, uh, you know, it just wasn't an exciting game to watch. And if you want to take that one step further, I, and I've said this a couple of times already in, on this show, it hasn't been a great CFL this year. No. And I don't know what that's all about. Was it is it because too many players changed too many teams in the off season? Is that part of it? It's because we now have or, one year contracts in the season. We have too many people right. in free agency every fucking season. Okay, free right. agency has right. destroyed every professional league. The CFL is getting hit the hardest. Yeah. Yeah, it hasn't been overly exciting. That's all I'm going to say. I mean... It's got to change. Yes, it does. But I think, uh, you know, once uh, Bo Levi Mitchell comes back, this league will be off the chain with excitement. Okay, so uh, there you go. Just wait for next week, buddy. Here comes Bo. Go ahead. I don't know. Okay. Final score in this game was Ottawa 12, Edmonton 16. This was offense in any game so far this week. Okay. 16 to 12 for Edmonton. Will lost. CJ lost. So, Mark. And Phil each had 27 points spread. Had 23. You get the gold scar. You happy? You got two this nice. week. Nice. Two. Okay. The last game. I don't know what to say about this. I. You know what? I'm. I'm. I'm watching this game. I'm, I don't. I watched about the. Started watching it after halftime. I was busy in the first half, so I missed the first half of the game. And I, I look at it in halftime, and oh my God, what is happening? BC is actually winning. Oh, that's the wrong game. No, BC was actually winning. And I was going, wow, this is pretty cool. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch this and lay on my bed with a little pillow and my iPad and have some fun and watch BC win a game. Because, like, Wow, they're winning. Okay, they're winning. Uh, it was twenty-one nineteen at halftime, and uh, then the Lions came out in the third quarter and uh, started to play some football and it looked really good. And then my, I, I wasn't feeling really good. I had really hurt myself. I'd done a lot of work this week, and my back was really messed up. 
and my wife said wanted to know if she if I wanted a, a massage on my back and I said yeah I can do that and she says you got to relax you got you can't be stressed and I says okay well yeah okay and she turned off my football game and I I yeah, I'm going but but now you've stressed me out <laughs> If you want me to relax, put the goddamn thing back on, right? Uh, anyhow, so she actually fixed my back, which was uh, amazing. Uh, but I turned the football game back on, and there was they were reviewing some Brandon Banks touchdown that tied the game at 34. And then they turned around and kicked a convert to 35, 34. And, and then BC's running the ball down, moving the ball on the field. And Riley throws a low pass. The O-lineman does not block the rushing demon, D-lineman. He gets hands in the air, deflects the ball, and deflects the ball in the right direction for Hamilton, the wrong direction for BC, right into the hands of a uh, Ticat defender. And that's the end of the game. Now everybody, now some dickhead actually put a post up on Talk CFL group saying that the the loss is in Riley. He's washed up. He should retire. And why is he still playing football? I'm going okay. Does this guy even know what the hell he's talking about? No, obviously not, because he said these stupid things. And so the O lineman misses his assignment. That's that's obviously Mike Riley's fault. You you can't blame anybody but Mike Riley, the quarterback, because the O line failed. Right? I understand that. Um, the pass is deflected. That's kind of Mike's fault, kind of not, depending on where he was throwing the ball. But you know, if anybody out there's actually played football, things happen in that game so fast. Things change so fast in that game it happens right Mike sees the receiver there's space he's throwing the ball by the time he actually that, that took all of like half a second by the time he actually throws the ball somebody's now got their hands in the air okay that was three quarters of a second and everything changed I'm not going to blame Mike Riley for that interception it was a deflection and it went over there and it got and both interceptions in this game were deflections. It, you can blame the quarterback because he threw the ball where he shouldn't have. But really, I don't know. I'm not going to do that. I'm not this. There's no way out. And, you know, I don't understand how. I mean, somewhere in that game, and then the other thing the guy was bitching about, he threw into double coverage. Okay. Mike Riley can throw into double coverage. In fact, I remember in this game, in this game specifically, Brian Burnham caught a pass, I think it was 23 yards or something, with four men covering him. Four men covering him. And he still caught the ball. Okay? Yeah. Did Mike throw into double coverage? No. He threw into coverage and was successful. So, little people with little minds shouldn't post things about football period because they really piss off those of us who know what we're talking about well 
Okay, I'm gonna pretend I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh, Charles, talk football. Talk about this BC Lions game. I'm so sad that BC lost by one point. They 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 lost victory. What was that? What the thing? They stole defeat from the jaws of victory. Yep. My friend. Well, first of all, um, in response to that stupid post, I didn't respond to it because I don't bother responding to stupidity. Uh, second of all, um, to sit there and blame Mike Riley for that is funny. Stupid. It's stupid. I'm sorry. It's really stupid. If if if. Uh, the, the offensive lineman blocks his guy properly. That doesn't happen. So, seriously, uh, get a grip. Um, elsewhere, when um, this was a carbon copy, virtually, of the uh, of the game uh, against Calgary. This was almost an identical. Uh, outcome um, because um, the the Lions built up a decent sized lead looked like they were heading into a uh, a victory and then all of a sudden um, like you said snatched um, defeat from the jaws of victory uh, the when you compare it to uh, two weeks ago, uh, with the game that game against Saskatchewan at BC Place, they were night and day better in this game this past weekend than they were. They looked like a completely different football team. They looked like a more confident football team, and they looked just like a better football team. Uh, they did still give up four sacks. That is true. But the difference in this game is, for the most part, the other plays where they didn't give up the sacks, Riley was not running for his life anywhere close to what we had seen previously. They looked so much better until about the last five minutes of the ball game, And that's when it fell apart, and that's when we got back to the lazy tackling. We got back to the blown coverages on... Brandon Banks had two touchdowns in this game. Neither on either on both of them, there wasn't a lion within five yards of him. They left him wide open. You throw, you let a talented receiver like Brandon Banks open, and I don't care who's playing quarterback, whether it's me or whether it's the premier quarterback in the CFL, Dane Evans. He, they, they're going to hit him uh, with a touchdown. Um. I thought I'd get a reaction out of that. Whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, a, a game that literally the Lions had in the palm of their hand, and they had it stolen from them. They just didn't get the breaks. Um, kudos to the uh, Tiger Cats for the trick punt earlier in the game. It wasn't a punt. They were lining up for a field goal and then ended up punting it uh, and had three or four guys offside or onside and recovered the ball. Another complaint, I know this is going to sound like sour grapes. I don't care. I'm going to say it anyways. Uh, 
There was a big uh, punt return late in the game by the Hamilton Tiger Cats where the officials missed an absolute blatant illegal block. So many times illegal blocks get called, they're questionable and so on. This was a textbook illegal block, and it didn't get called. Not the reason the Lions lost. The Lions lost because they, quite frankly, their defense just folded up down the stretch. But it's frustrating when you see some of the chintzy calls we get called here, and then there's this blatant illegal block, and it gets missed. And I'm sorry, do we not have the eye in the sky to be able to make a call like that? They've made other calls. So why is that not being called? Um, The Lions, at least their offense, can really feel good about the way they played in this game. Really, for the first time this season, that might have actually been their best offensive game of the year for the offense as a unit. And, And what a surprise. They put up 34 points, and guess what happened? John White had 100 yards rushing. And it just goes to show you that when you get a running game, your offense is going to be a lot better. There, there's been part of the problem with the Lions. They, they, they haven't done enough to try and establish the run game in, um, in games. And when they do, they have much more success through passing as well because the, the run will open up the pass. Because as we've said before, if all you're doing is passing the ball, it makes it a whole lot easier to defend against. And I hope that Devon Claybrooks and I hope that uh, the offensive coordinator, Jarius Jackson, takes that lesson to heart because it shows, um, and we've seen it a couple times, because I think John White also had a big running game in the Calgary game, that if you establish a run, you are going to have a lot more success with the pass as well. But having said that, it was an impressive comeback by Hamilton. It looked like they were dead and buried, and Dane Evans, uh, in his second straight start, comes back to burn the Lions. And that's now twice this year that the Lions have blown a big lead in the fourth quarter to a backup quarterback. So, anyways, it was a disappointing night, and although I was disappointed with the loss, I was at least somewhat encouraged by the way... They're not rolling over and dying. And I know Mike Riley's not not going to be like that. But other players, you know, you always wonder. They, they're not rolling over and dying. They're at least still trying to compete, which I'm happy about. But the final still ended up being frustrating. But it is what it is. It was a, it was a hell of an entertaining football game, especially if you didn't have uh, a team you were rooting for. If you were just watching as a pure fan, it was a fun game to watch. Okay, Phil, talk about this poor game. That was great analysis, Charles. I like the way you covered that game. Um, Sorry, I think I that was rambled a, a little bit, but no, absolutely not. You uh, you touched on very very important points. I, I think that BC team looks a lot better than it did two weeks ago. That team that we seen against the Riders at uh, BC Place. And, and overall, this was a damn exciting game to watch. It, it was a it was a showcase for the CFL. Um, I hope it got good TV numbers in the U.S. because uh, I think it uh, that's one of the best best maybe three or four games of the season uh, that I've seen. 
Um, the one drawback was the number of contact on a receiver calls, and it, it's just my pet peeve with the CFL. We're, I, I hate that rule, and uh, I wish it would change. Um, it, 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 it changes the, out, the outcome of games, and, and it shouldn't. And contacting receivers, especially away from where the ball is thrown, when that starts to change the outcome of games, I get very, very disappointed. And early on in this game, uh, it, it, the outcome was being affected both ways, and uh, and took away some big plays. And when when they when they really shouldn't, the spirit of the rule is 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 poor. But uh, that said, BC uh, looked really good coming out of the bye week. Um, that that bit of rest after that drubbing they took to the Riders is really helped them out. And uh, Mike Riley's not washed up. I really believe he was he was going to produce the win until that tip ball by Davis that created the interception. I I just had that sick feeling that that BC was going to come back and win that game. Sick feeling. Uh, and I, and sick feeling. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, it's a sick feeling. Yeah. So Hamilton well, uh, won is, five. So are we going to go back to 2009 being the best Grey Cup ever? I don't think well. Oh. So. But one thing to point out, though, that um, because My fingers well, on that, the buttons. Yeah, <laughs> at that point too, the Lions were almost at midfield. They only needed about another 15 yards, and they still had a minute and a half left. 12 yards. Yeah. Yeah. And they still had a minute and a half left. Play. He could have done it on that play, and that's what made the finish so exciting. It literally came down to one tip ball to decide the game. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. that's probably that. a completion for twelve yards. When that once that ball was in the air. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, Thank uh, you. Oh, just going back but, to the Tie Cats. Uh, if I can okay. say a little bit more about them, because we do have some listeners down east. No, we Here's don't. Here's my prediction. <laughs> <laughs> Ahead, After Lord. seeing that that team play the other night and watching Dane Evans, I'm going to predict right now that Ty Cats are going to play in the Grey Cup. And I want to say some good stuff about Dane Evans. I think he he leads that young crop of of Ottawa's Dom Davis, Montreal's Antonio Pipkin, Toronto's Ethel Thompson, of course, and uh, and Calgary Nick Arbuckle. Uh, Dane Evans is, is the most real deal of that group by more more than a little bit, in my opinion. Uh, okay. I didn't include, like, Fichardo and Vaj in this group because they've been around CFL rosters for four years. Okay. I, I, I want to ask you a question here. So it, the way it looks, and it's a, a, a really high possibility here, let oh, hold it first. Let's step back here. You're predicting the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the Grey Cup this year. Is that what you're saying yep. to us? You're, you're predicting Absolutely. that. There is a really good possibility that the Saskatchewan Rough Riders could be the crossover team this year with the premier quarterback, Cody Fajardo. Do you not think that this could be the year that the West West has a Grey Cup? So please. Be careful with your predictions of Hamilton. I don't think there's a chance in hell that the Riders are going to be the crossover team this year. 
You don't? Winnipeg? No. Calgary? Trevor Harrison, Edmonton? Cody Fajardo in Saskatchewan? Saskatchewan is fourth place. No doubt. Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Boy, with that defense? Hmm. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I've taken them out of first. If if Winnipeg crosses over this year, I'm saying this right now, if Winnipeg crosses over to the east, they're going to the Grey Cup because there's not an eastern team that has an offense that can deal with their defense. I think there's an Eastern team with a defense that can deal with their offense at least as good that's as Calgary That's not the did. point. That's not the point. The point is that there isn't an Eastern team that can score points against the Winnipeg defense, and Andrew Harris can score more points on any defense in the CFL, period. Straight across the board, there isn't anybody that's going to stop him. I think there's five, six good defenses in the CFL, and I, I, I'm glad to see it. Um, I really am. I think uh, I think we're fortunate, at least for the, the way I like to watch football. We're fortunate the uh, the effect Chris Jones has left on the Canadian Football League. On that note, William, please come forward and speak on our uh, behalf. Uh, I I am I not gonna <laughs> you, you get annoyed to before. Say, I'm not gonna get annoyed before Monday morning workday because I'm I'm the official boss for the next 17 days and and I have to have a open mind on things. Anyways, you know what? I think uh, BC can take a lot from that game. I think BC and and I know it's stupid to say, but and I know they're one and eight or whatever they are, one and seven. One they and seven. Don't make have, it worse than it is. They have they have something to look forward to because they did play very well the other night, um, and and what I've been saying all year run the fucking ball. They obviously ran the ball and they were in the game. Um, it's not the offense's fault that the defense is not that great this year, um, which shocks me because Devon Claybrooks last year was the defensive genius of the CFL. So. Um, but no, BC's got to take a whole bunch of positives out of that game, and uh, they play they play the Bombers this week, and uh, they could uh, they could beat the Bombers. They really could beat the Bombers if it's a if it's an offensive battle. They can beat the Bombers in my mind. Um, but they got to run the ball. They got to stop Andrew Harris. It's that simple. That, yeah. But uh, no, they have some positives from that game, and uh, you know Hamilton's a good team. I mean, uh, they've got a great defense as well. But BC managed to score 34 points on their great yeah. defense. So they they you know maybe maybe it's a little too it's a little it's too little too late. But, you know, you never know. I mean, uh, they could go on a run. I don't know if it's going to happen. But they have, there's lots of positives there. And I just, you know, I've been watching the things that have happened to BC this year, and I just don't think it's their year, okay? Um, they've got some holes they got to fill in. And, 
and they did play well. Is that is that spectacular? I wonder what I wonder what Nick Arbuckle would think. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Nick Arbuckle is five and two. Is he five and two, or four and two since he started? Has since he's been the starter, and he did pull yeah. one game. He's four and, he and two with one a game. Four and two, right? Yeah. And he's four and two with a steal, and he had a steal. And uh, somebody on our podcast is is saying saying Hamilton's second string quarterback is the one who sticks out, and his record is what one and one, and he beat the seven and and one. One and BC seven. Lions. One and seven. One and seven BC Lions. I'm just. I'm sitting here shaking my head and saying, really, did someone say that? And, and, and how they figure that is, or if we're going back to, oh, well, Calgary's team is so much better. Well, Calgary's team isn't that much better. I think out of all those guys that are rookie starters this year, I think Nick Arbuckle sticks out the most, to be honest with you. Just my opinion. And if I get into it deeper than this, I'm going to go stupid. So let's not. Go ahead. Well, let, let's be let's be honest. Let's be honest about this. Calgary is not the team that they were last year, or the year before, or the last decade. Okay, they have taken a major step backwards. And if they hadn't taken a major step backwards, Bo Levi Mitchell wouldn't have started the season 0 and 2. Okay, they, he would have been 2 and 0 like he typically is. Okay, so this team was not the same. It's a shadow of its former self. So for Nick Arbuckle to come in, go four and two with a steal, it is bloody amazing. Okay, so bloody amazing. Without question, he's the guy that I would want on my team. And there's already talk of him going down to the XFL, or XFL teams are interested in stealing him away. And that's just fact. Nobody's talking about Cody Fajardo. Nobody's talking about Dane Evans. So, Bill, you're going to add something. Go ahead before I wrap this game up. Well, if it's uh, too bad that Nick Arbuckle is going to be seeing the bench probably next week, based on your some CFL fans' analysis of him, because. Uh, it's disappointing. We're probably not going to find out if uh, if he's the real deal or not. Yeah, we are. As for the Trust XFL, just, can no, I no, 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 no. That's not going to happen. Trust me. Okay. We're going to see more more of Nick Arbuckle in the CFL, and I'm calling it right now. Nick Arbuckle will be the starter next season for the Calgary Stampeders. I believe you're correct. Okay, I'm calling it right now. Uh, okay, that's let's wrap this game up. BC Lions 34, Hamilton Tiger Cats 35, and a heartbreaker for the BC Lions. Hamilton Tiger Cats are victorious. Charles, Will, and CJ picked the Lions to win. We're out of there. Mark and Phil both picked Hamilton to beat beat BC. That's a bit of a stretch. Mark yep. picked them. 40 to 17. Phil picked them 30 to 17. You were both out by 22 points. You both get stars in a pathetic kind of way. 
Oh, that's two this week like that for me. That's two this week for you. And well, you didn't you didn't oh. pick it by you're out by twenty two points, not zero points. Three, three stars, three stars, but two of them two, tied with two someone stars. else. Two stars. Oh, I thought I got three. I well, no, I'm not gonna give you two for zero. Okay. No, no, no. No, no. I thought you, I, I thought you got I thought you I got the Winnipeg game. game. You got the Winnipeg-Calgary game, and you got the BC-Hamilton. Charles took the Montreal Saskatchewan right. and the Edmonton-Ottawa. So Charles gets right. two, right. Phil gets two, and Mark gets uh, a tiebreaker or a tying game. Okay? So after, after nine weeks, Phil has ten, Charles has nine, Mark has eight, Will has six, and CJ has two. I have two. I'm no longer one like the Lions. I got two. Okay, that's it. That's enough of this bullshit. Let's let's carry on. Talk some football. I really need a glass of water. Um, okay, so the Riders Al's game was called early due to lightning in the area. Is an hour long delay before calling a game justifiable? Is it enough? I understand that it has nothing to do with how long the delay is. It has to do with how much or is it after an hour, uh, how much of the game has actually been played? It has to go halfway through the third quarter and have more than a one-hour delay, and they call the game. So is an hour long enough? That's a very valid question. Is halfway through the third quarter enough of a game to be called? I think maybe it should be the fourth quarter. Um at least then you got three quarters of a game played, not 62.8% of the game played. I don't know. Okay, I'm going to run upstairs, grab a glass of water. Charles, I know you can talk forever on this subject. Uh, if Charles does finish, Bill, you're up. Okay, uh, I'm sorry. I know the rule is the rule. I get it. It was negotiated in the CBA by both the uh, – Players Association and the league. I'm sorry, it's a really stupid rule. Uh, an hour is not long enough. Sometimes these storm systems come in, and you know it takes them an hour and a half, even two hours. I don't understand the reasoning why. Here's the thing: if the rule is stated in the CFL that if it's after the halfway point of the third quarter, it's an hour-long delay. If it's before the halfway point of the third quarter, it allows for a three-hour delay. What the hell is the difference? Just make it uniform, whether it's a, no matter what time of the game it is. I don't understand the whole point of, okay, well, we've got rain, we've got thunder. I understand the thunder and lightning. The rain, you know what? Football players play in the rain. Uh, the rain's crap. I don't. That's not an excuse to cancel a game. If there's lightning around, sure. I, I understand that. That's a safety hazard. I don't think anyone's going to complain about that. But you got to give it more than an hour. That's complete nonsense. Uh, I don't remember the exact time that was left in the third quarter when this game got called. But I think if it had been two or three minutes earlier, it would have been a three-hour delay. So why bother? Uh, what's the difference at that point? Just make it a three-hour delay. An hour is not long enough. It just looks stupid. I thought I thought the way that game ended 
made the league look bush league. I feel bad for the fans in Montreal that paid their money to see the game. They got to see two and a half quarters. You didn't get a full game. Are those people getting refunds? Probably not. So they paid uh, full price for part of a product. Lucky them. Uh, I'm sorry. This um, It was a cheap way to win a game. I mean, it's in the rules, so, I mean, uh, it is what it is, like I've said before. But to only wait an hour for a storm to pass, when earlier in the game it's three hours, it doesn't make sense to have different <clears throat> rules for different times of the game. Just make it uniform. Maybe it's three hours, maybe it's two hours. An hour's not long enough, because sometimes these storm systems, like I said, they get hung up, they slow down, they don't quite make it. Uh, sometimes they go, eventually it does pass. But uh, just to wait an hour, I mean, I guess maybe it's for TV consideration, but, I mean, what's the consideration for the TV networks when it's earlier in the game? It's a three-hour delay then, so really what's the difference? Um, I'm sorry, it was a bad way to win a football game, and it's not the writer's fault. I'm not blaming them, but I just thought it was stupid. I just think you got to give it more we, time. We could blame them. Well, if you could drive, maybe they have a weather machine. Who knows? Um, but no, I thought it was a, a way, I thought it was a dumb way to end a football game. I think you got to leave more than an hour to let it pass. And I just thought it made the league look really bad. Um, it, like I said, the rule is the rule, so the officials called it based on the rules. But if I'm in the CFLPA and the CFL, I'm looking at this rule again. Because you don't want the league to have egg all over their face again after a, a stupid situation like that. Uh, I don't think they're going to change the rule mid-season. It's not an important Probably enough not. rule. No. But then maybe okay. do it in the off-season because it looked really bad. Your team won. Well, you're right, Charles. You're you right, Charles. Feel good about it? No, no, I don't at all because it was a damn good football game. It was, it was an exciting game for different reasons than the game in Hamilton. And uh, you guys know how much I like defensive football, so I was entertained. And I know the the Montreal fans that were present were entertained. And you could feel excitement in the stadium, which is something we didn't see a few times, a couple times earlier this season in Montreal. Uh, and uh, two hours is just uh, just two, or w- would be more appropriate than one hour. Uh, for, absolutely. Uh, but as far as uh, fans getting reimbursed, I think uh, Alouette's fans get in for a food bank item to games. So I. I, I I think I heard that anyway. That uh, that's how cheap tickets are out there. I no, I it, that's just that's not true. No, <laughs> they do they do have a uh, have a kind of a nice thing. It's like ten bucks to get in in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that was and, something they uh, started last year. I thought they still had it, but it, anyway, it's uh, I thought uh, that, was they a, might, that was a nice they idea. They might still have it, but I think they started it last year. Oh, sorry. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and in, in Montreal, it's a different market than anywhere else in Canada. And uh, it's, it's probably not a bad idea because they're going to hit the beer stand, the concessions. Uh, 
So uh, I, I don't think it's terrible. You it's do a tough taste, market. Right? It's always stadium. been a tough market. Yep. And it's not going to change. But how long was that delay in Winnipeg earlier this year? Wasn't it a three-hour delay? Uh, yeah, but they was, hadn't got to half time yet. Yeah. Yep. Oh, and to ask, answer Charles' question, there, the it was three minutes and three seconds, I believe, left in the third quarter. So we did get you know, almost three quarters of a game. And, uh, but uh, like I said, I missed the next game because I, I listened to the TSN panel hoping that game was going to come back on. And, uh, and it didn't. And I was very disappointed. Over to you guys. William. Yes. Um, you know what? I I think I think any one hour a one hour delay is not long enough. I mean, I remember the game. Was it last year? The game before in Winnipeg? I think two years ago. I remember calling my nephew because he was walking home from the football game at one o'clock in the morning, and that was a three hour rain delay, especially when the other team is only down by seven points. I, I think they should make it three hours. I mean, they did say the weather system was going to be there all night. Um, I guess it might be a little different there than it is here, because in Calgary, as Phil knows, the weather can change every 15 minutes. And I've been to football games where I've gotten drenched, and I've gotten sunburnt, and I've gotten all kinds of things in the same game. So... I think they got to change the rule because one hour is not enough. Just my just my thoughts, but yeah, I don't really have much to say about it because I, I think you should give every team a chance to win. And a little bit of rain, one hour is not enough. It's that simple. So uh, okay, so I, I'm just going to throw things out there because I I like to. So if this rule is valid. It's a one-hour t- game delay if you're three-quarters of the way through the game or, you know what I'm talking about, halfway through the third quarter. Yeah. If there's more than a 21-point spread, if it's less than a 21-point spread, you got to go wait. You get three-hour rain delay because it could still be an exciting game. Yeah, I, I don't Anybody? care how many points are different. I don't care how don't many points can... difference there is. Okay. Because, because how many how many times how many points can you score in two and a half minutes in the CFL? You can score yeah, four look, touchdowns. We've had, we've had fifty-six to seven games this year. If if, uh-huh. if the game is over in the first quarter, you know, the team is walking away with the game, and we have a rain delay. I, I think the rain delay anything more than five minutes, we should call the game. You know, there's a couple of times in Winnipeg just were walking on, on Montreal or Toronto and, or Hamilton was, and it was just absolutely disgusting. Game was over by midway through the first quarter, 26 nothing. Um, call the game. You know, isn't, isn't there – Major League Football has – what do they call that when, when the team is just abusing the other team? There's an actual Molly name Wap. for it. 
no, 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 Running up the store. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no, but there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a name for the fact that you have to, one team has to concede or, um, put, stop putting up good players or something. What, what's that? Mercy rule. Mercy rule. There you go. Thank you. Thank you, Charles. Minor league football manager here coming out and telling me, yeah, the mercy rule has you to see, kick in into effect in in professional you sports know, too, don't you think? You know what? And people say, well, we have to leave the game because we have to work the next morning and blah blah blah. But you know what? In reality, let's face it, the players have to be nowhere the next morning, okay? So they can play till three right. o'clock in the morning. So they can. I don't care. I don't care if they play the game and there's nobody in the stands. Absolutely no. not. No, and th- they, they don't care. Don't practice for two games, at least two days after games. So, yeah, they're usually good for a couple of days. So. Yeah, yeah, whatever. 64, okay, so if a team is up 64-14 at the end, okay, so what is this? Oh, so at, at that three-quarters of the way through the game, the Hamilton Tiger Cats were 28, 31 to 6. Where's the mercy rule there? You know? <laughs> that's that's not even right. That was it was 30, yeah, 38 to 6. Come on. Something has to happen here. Anyhow, it's a bit of a joke. Ah. Uh, Win by weather delay. All right. Not even sure if that's good or bad. Good post. Okay. I had almost thought that, I know, just before we leave that, I had almost thought, I guess it probably wouldn't happen, but a game like that where you win by like a a rain delay, give the team one point instead of two. You won the game, but you didn't win a full game. Oh, no. Oh, no. It probably wouldn't happen, but... That's like putting an asterisk beside the two uh, uh, latest Saskatchewan Rough Rider Grey Cup victories because they cheated during the season. So, you know, no, you can't do that. It, it's just not fair. A lightning storm is just a sprinkle of Jesus, gentlemen. Let's not go there. This is a football show. We're not allowed to talk politics or religion. Okay, moving on. Jason Moss says that the Eskimos – have the best defense in the league. Do they? And if not, who's better? Hard hard to argue with them, but Winnipeg can. Saskatchewan could. Calgary, maybe. Calgary's not doing it with their offense this year, so, you know... Something's winning their football games because they got the same wins as Edmonton does. So does Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. Winnipeg's got one more. I'll tell you whose defense is not as good as Edmonton's. BC. No one's going to argue with me there. Ha! I'm right. Or Toronto. Charles. <laughs> or Toronto. Charles, who's got a better defense than Edmonton? Or do you agree uh, I, with Jason I, Moss? I, I'm sorry. Um, Edmonton's got a very good defense. I still don't think they're the best. 
I think right now you have to give the best to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They're even. Uh, they're literally winning games uh, on their own, basically, uh, because you got to look. They've got the best record in the CFL, and their offense is pretty mediocre. Standard. Mediocre. I mean, they are the the heart and soul of that team. Them and Andrew Harris. Without that, um, they could be the. I mean, even look at it earlier this year when they lose Adam Big Hill, who may be the best uh, linebacker in the Canadian Football League, and they didn't miss a beat. Um, so yeah, I. Right now, they've got a good defense, but the best defense in the CFL is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers right now. I I I, I don't think it's that close. I think the, that's a very strong defense, um, stronger than anybody else. So personally, um, I think it's a, it's Winnipeg still. Okay, I'm I'm trying to to understand the CFL.ca um, stat sheet. And under the defensive category, they have the Hamilton Tiger Cats as the number one team, defensive team, followed by Winnipeg, Montreal, Calgary, Ottawa, Saskatchewan in sixth, and Edmonton in seventh, followed by Toronto and BC. That could be just points given up or by yards. Total yards given up. No, I'm it's not, not sure. by total. It's not by total yards. I'm looking at that. I, I think it's points. It's got to be points then. So points per game, Hamilton's given up three point eight. That doesn't make sense either. No, that's not right either. Huh? I don't understand. Uh, I'm trying to figure this out, and I can't do it. It's definitely not yards. It's not – well, touchdowns, Hamilton's given up the least amount of touchdowns per game. I, I, I don't understand their stats. Okay. No. They confuse me. So, what's your call? Your call there is Winnipeg. Um, Phil, best defense in the CFL. Are you going to do a homer pick here? I'm going to say that there are a lot of good defenses in the CFL this year, and you guys know that makes me happy because that's what I like to watch. We've got great defenses in Edmonton, Calgary, Saskatchewan, Winnipeg, Hamilton, Montreal, and Ottawa. That's a lot of teams with good defenses. As for... Jason Moss's statement that the Edmonton Eskimos have the best defense, I I don't know what he's trying to do with that. Because, you know, maybe they do. They do have a very, very good defense led by Larry Dean and uh, formerly a tie Cat. And mentioning the tie Cats, that's the team I think has the best defense in the CFL. Well, they looked rather ordinary this week. BC well, I think Mike Riley, 
had his best game in two years this week, in my opinion. And uh, like I said, it just came down to a tip ball to keep from being run over by Mike Riley. Yeah. William. You going to give us a little bit of a reality here? On no, I I I uh, I agree with Phil. There's lots of good defenses this year. Um, the, the two that I've been mostly impressed by, to be honest with you, are uh, Winnipeg and Hamilton. Although Hamilton didn't play well this weekend, they still have a pretty good defense. Um, but you know, I I, I think I think it's like the league this year, or at least in the West. I mean, everybody's close, so therefore everybody has decent defenses in my mind. Um, I'm surprised uh, I'm surprised Edmonton's defense is playing okay because they really haven't changed their defensive backfield from last year other than Grimes. And their defensive backfield last year was horrid. But uh, they've all got the same record, so their defenses might, must be playing well. Um, as far as studs on defensive line, I think you've got to give the edge to Saskatchewan or Hamilton, for that matter. Um, you know, Calgary has a bunch of newbies, with the exception of Cordero Law. So, yeah, I, I would... If I had to pick one, I would stick with I would stick with Winnipeg until uh, and I'm I'm assuming that's what's winning them games because it certainly isn't their offense. Correct. So, you okay, know, so kinda, I w- I want to challenge something that you said in the fact okay. that you said that Edmonton hasn't changed much of their defensive backfield since last year and they were horrid last yes. year. Okay. Yes. Now. Let's look at this as a team game. They did fix their D-line, and they did fix their linebacking core. Putting pressure on the opposing quarterback makes your defensive backfield much better. So maybe the defensive backfield last year wasn't so bad. They just didn't – the other team had too much time in which the receivers could break coverage. Sure, so, I, I could go with that. Don't necessarily blame it on the on the D-backs, okay? Um, BC right now has some of the best D-backs in the league, but we have no pass rush. So they're looking like beyond ordinary. In fact, I don't hear anybody saying how awesome they are because, quite frankly, they're not. But that's because the D-line is putting no pressure on the opposing quarterback and they can set up their lawn chair and cooler of beer and sit around and read a book before they have to throw the ball. But I mean, if you if you take it that far, let's look at let's look at uh, Calgary's defensive backfield. They're a lot better this year than they were last year because they don't have that great of a defensive line, and uh, the guys they do have on their defensive line are first-year guys or second-year guys or guys who never started before. And but their they're adequate, and are, they're doing a decent job. 
Right, but I, I I think the Stampeders have stepped up as far as the defensive backfield this year goes because they've been outstanding in my mind. Yeah, I understand that. So and it goes it goes team. both ways. It goes both ways is what I'm trying to say. I'm saying Calgary you know, is an do. anomaly because of the system in which they play in. Yes. I mean, okay. but your defensive backfield, your defensive backfield, can make your linebackers and your defensive line look a lot better than they are. Of course. By shutting guys down, right? Yes. I'm not saying that Edmonton's defensive backfield are the elite of the league. I'm saying that they're playing better this year because they're getting more support from the D-line and linebackers that they did not get last year. That's I would the agree with that. I would okay. agree with that. Yep. They they don't look horrid because they're not being bombarded all the time. Correct. Okay. How are we doing here in time? We're we're going to do a few things. I CFL inductees into the hall. CFL inducts their Hall of Fame class for 2019. Anybody on there that stands out for you guys? That was really good to see Swerve and Mervin Fernandez as he turned 60 years old that uh, is now in the hall. John Cornish. Uh, did Neil send you that picture of John? Uh, Will? Yes, he did. So it's John, Cornish, John Cornish is wearing a suit. He's riding an electric scooter with a red Stampeders baseball cap on. <laughs> I, I honestly didn't think that he had his brain damage was that severe. And uh, I guess it is. Now, now, now to give him, uh, to give him his due. Okay. There are electric scooters all over Calgary yeah. that you can rent and drive around. Okay. And yep. a lot of people in the, in downtown Calgary, that's how they're getting around these days. They're actually because called appara- Lime. They, yep. Because Perfect. apparently the uh, the number of scooter injuries in Calgary have a, increased huge amounts this year because people are actually <laughs> using them. Okay. Okay. And <laughs> that is correct. And, and I'm thinking, I still don't think they're meant for guys wearing suits and dress shoes, okay? I just Probably don't think. Probably not, no. But actually, I, I, would never, I would never get on a scooter because I can't even ride a bicycle, so. Yep. They're actually called Lime Scooters. That's the name of the company that does them, and you can rent them all over town. They had them when I was down in San, San Diego earlier this year. And I actually rode on one while I was down there. So they're they're actually right through many cities in North America. Yeah. I, I just find it funny too for the fossil fuel capital of Canada has this huge rise in electric scooters. You, well, you would interestingly think that you'd ban them on, on, on just because of it. Interestingly, here in Calgary there's been a rash of lime scooters found on the bed of the Elbow and Bow Rivers this summer. What does that mean? I don't know. Maybe people are throwing them in the water. 
Well, we definitely are. Apparently, it's the thing to do this summer. Well, that's the thing with these lime scooters is you pick them up and you drive them. And then when you don't want to ride them anymore, you don't have to take them back. You literally just leave them where you're done with them. And no they're throwing them in their... They eat, they, yeah, they each have, like, tracking devices in them. Yeah. It's the same. We have a program in Calgary, and it's with smart cars. Same same system, okay? You mean with those Mercedes smart cars, or are you talking about some other car that, with an intelligence, like a Tesla? No, no, no. Did I say smart cars? You did. You know, the little dinky thing. The little dinky things. They call them smart cars. The clown cars. Yeah, but they're made by Mercedes. It's a specific smart car. That's what they're called, is a okay. smart car. Yes. Is that what it yes. is? Yeah. Two-seater it's little called cars to, it's called It's called cars to go or something like that. Yeah, yeah, we have it in Vancouver, too. So. Now Mercedes has given them uh, or sold them uh, mid-sized cars and uh, SUVs as well, small SUVs. Wow, I I have no response. They don't have that service in Merritt, I'm assuming, Christopher, right? No, 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 no. Nor did they have it in Abbotsford. There was no car sharing app for Abbotsford. Maybe downtown Vancouver or something. Because I I, I actually, when I lived in Abbotsford, I lived further from town than I do now. Okay. Yeah, so, but the town was a lot bigger, wasn't it? It was a bigger town, yes. Yes. I mean, Abbotsford had 123,000 people for a population. Merritt has seven. It's not seven people, 7,000. Okay? Oh. So, 7,000 people. I was in a traffic jam the other day. It had three cars. I had to wait like 10 seconds. I was so upset. Okay. That was my little bit of being ridiculous right now. Okay, so uh, anybody in the inductee Hall of Fame class that stands out to you? I'm surprised that Swerve and Mervin has had to wait all this time. Yeah, yep. me too. I'd have, to, I'd have to look up his stats. For both uh, Swerve and Mervin and uh, Terry Greer, um, they weren't eligible for the Hall of Fame until some changes recently, I understand, in the Rules Committee. Uh, they had six-year CFL careers, and it, it, so it must have been uh, – they must have needed a seventh year. Or, of course, they went back and forth to the NFL, so uh, it's possible just there was a game limit or something that they hadn't quite met. <laughs> okay. Well, that would make some sense. Yep. Uh, but mm-hmm. then Warren Moon was only here for five years. Yep. yep. And he was in long ago. That's why I think it must have been a game limit because uh, those guys did uh, tend to uh, come back to the CFL every September and sign one-year contracts, it seemed to me. Maybe it was two years. but Okay. Well, I'm just, uh, just curious. It just kind of seems weird. Okay, uh, let's move on. Get Jason Moss. I kind of did that out of order. Sorry, Charles. That's all right. The Stamps have lost Romer Morris with a torn Achilles. 
Will it have a huge effect on the stamps fortunes? I'll tell you who it has got a huge effect on is Romer Morris. His second Achilles injury in two years, in one year, in 11 months or something like this. Oh, my good Lord, the poor man. I feel so bad for him. So bad. At least he's all got all the crushes and stuff that he doesn't have to go get new ones. Uh, and knows how to rehab. That's not out of his mind yet. He's still going to do it. He's, he'll be back. Will he be back as good? I don't know. No, it's so hard to come back from an Achilles injury. So hard. And and to do it twice? Fuck. It's as bad as Travis Lule and his shoulder injury. No, he's not going to... Uh, I don't know what to say. I wish, wish him all the best. Mm-hmm. How will this affect the stamps, Charles? Well, all, the stamps are always about next man up. And um, to be honest, I mean, even with their quarterback, Bo Levi Mitchell, it's next man up. And that's a philosophy that they've had really ever since John Hoffnagel got there. And it really seems to um, to work for them. Um, um, but to be honest, I hope they have like a suitable running back because, as I talked earlier with the Lions, if you don't have a running game, the passing game becomes that much easier to defend against. So it could have an effect, but we'll see if they're able to bring in a, a competent running back to protect. They've got a couple of guys there already, I think, that um, – are pretty decent running back. So while it sucked for Romer Morris for the second year in a row to blow out an Achilles, overall for the Stamps, I think they're still going to be okay because that's they're used to doing stuff like this. So I think they'll be all right. You think they're going to be just fine, eh? Yep. I, you're probably right. You're probably right. Phil? If they can lose their starting quarterback and still win, I think the – Running back, the same thing. Good. Happen to agree with you. Yep. Bill, what do you think? Is this going to affect think, Calgary uh, much? I don't think it's going to affect Calgary very much. Uh, as Roy Shivers used to say, um, American running backs are a dime a dozen. And even if they feel they need somebody to understand CFL blocking schemes, I think they can probably pick somebody up across the league right now. Um, but at the same time, they've probably got a guy ready to go. And, uh, and they'll just adjust their game plan a little bit uh, until, until he is ready. And, and do they not have anybody coming back from injury? They, we seem to be going through a few of them. I don't even really take note of Stampede running backs anymore. Well, then let's ask Will to step up. Will, who's who have they yes, got they on have, in the wind, have, wings right now? They have they have a plethora plethora of running backs. Um, Romar Romar Morris is their third running back. Okay, the first two guys are injured right now, but they both should be back next week. And I can't remember their names because the last running back I remember in Calgary was Jerome Messam. Okay, the other guys are just 
you know, Terry Terry Greer, their punt returner, he's also a running back. So, uh, yeah, they're, it's not going to affect them at all. So, Romar Morris was, I mean, he was probably number two last year, but then he was hurt at the beginning of this year, so they brought in another guy, and their name's off the top of my head, I can't remember. But, yeah, it's not going to affect them at all. Isn't, so, isn't Williams the guy that started the season? I no, no, no. It's what's his name? He had he's been out for four weeks. He was concussed. Um, God, what's his name? I can't remember his name because they're so irrelevant in Calgary. It's not funny. I know their number one guy is a rapper too, and he put it just put out an album, and he better stay in football. Let's put it that way. Okay, that's Durant my Carter? opinion. Deron Carter's a running. No. Guy. No, I not Deron Carter, for sir. No, he uh, he can't remember. It's God. There's Kadeem yeah, Carey. Yes, he's their he's, second string guy. He has earned you right now, and he looked pretty a, good as the second string quarterback. Okay, and uh, a and guy named Don Jackson is on the. There you go. Don Jackson is their Don, Don Jackson is their number one running back. That's yeah, a really good but point. He, He's that's a great right point, now, William. So. That, that that's a great point, William. That the uh, the running back in 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 Calgary is never really a high profile person because the way they run their offense, uh, um, they can they can replace that position with just about anybody. Well, I wouldn't go that far because there was some there was there was a number of good years with John Cornish. And there was two good years with Jerome Messam. But they haven't really replaced them since those two guys with any big-name running backs because I think it's a system thing. I, I'm not crazy about the running back. Kadeem Carey is quite – I like Kadeem Carey because he's a, he's a beast. He can run through people. They've, they've kind of switched in the last couple of years to the scat back. And I'm not crazy about scat backs. I like guys who – put their head down and run over people. So, And Kadeem Carey is one of those guys. Yeah. Kadeem Carey is one of those guys. It doesn't matter what team or or general manager or coach you have, your system changes from year to year in the CFL in a nine-team league, and you have to keep it changing because they can study film. And if the Calgary Stampeders had continued to have the same offense year after year, they, there would be no, you know, they wouldn't have had the success they've had over the years. So that's it's good, that's a good point. They've changed to a scat back system. It's a, it's as that play. They have to evolve that playbook to remain successful. Okay, we're you know we're closing up. Always... I got to close up the show here, guys. Okay, we can't ahead. get into big discussion on this. So it's it, yeah. There's the bitch. She just told me there's 90 seconds left. Um, Calgary Stampeders have 16 guys on the IR right now. That's a lot. Yep. Ten of them. Ten yep. of them on the sixth game. Okay. Yep. That's that for a for a team that had so much turnover. That's a lot of turnover again in the <coughs> same season. Okay, this has been Let's Talk CFL podcast, uh, episode number three hundred and eighty-two. I've been your host Christopher Jones, and thank you very much for listening to us talk football. Big shout out to our buddy Neil Kroll. 
I, I, I'm going to get that audio clip on the, on the air maybe next week, whatever else that you, you did. It was pretty funny. I uh, appreciate the effort, my friend, and thanks for listening for so long. Uh, Charles, say goodnight. 30 seconds. Good night, folks. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you uh, this week. Wednesday night. Phil, say goodnight. Good night, everybody. Riders are off for a week, so I might not even watch this weekend. Just kidding. Just kidding. Homer. Will, say goodnight. Good night, everybody. I don't know what we're going to do without the premier quarterback in the CFL for a week, so um, go Owls. Greetings,